श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जाय बहुत प्रेमानंदे सो माय रिसेंट टूर एंड विजिट टू सारग्राही वी वर लेक्चरिंग एज आई मेंशन द अदर डे ऑन फर्स्ट वर्सेस श्रीमद भागवतम सो हियर एंड अदर आई विल विल कंटिन्यू एंड डिस्कस द सेकंड एंड द थर्ड these three verses constitute a kind of an invocation or a uh a, a mangala charan hmm, to the great shrimad bhagavatam hmm. and thus we have a namaskar verse the first verse where obeisances to the presiding deity of the text um where wherein obeisances are offered to the presiding deity of the text and then we have the second verse which uh, constitutes a what's technically called a vastu nirdesh sloka vastu it means um kind of essential uh truth and uh, the, the word vastu comes in the in the verses as well as, as a matter of fact or incidentally um so it's the verse within a sacred invocation or a sacred preface among the charan as it's called in sanskrit the verse that in a kind of a nutshell describes what the book is about and then we have the third element of a mongol charan sometimes there are other elements but these three typically is the third is an ashirvad sloka ashirvad means to give blessings hmm? so the third verse is a, is a is a blessing hmm? and the second verse which we'll begin to discuss this evening uh as i say it uh, being the vastu desh shloka it uh, explains in essence what the book is about hmm? uh, we know that the the bhagavatam is really in many respects the sequel to the bhagavad gita bhagavad gita um is the speech of Krishna to Arjuna in the battle of Kurukshetra towards the end of his manifest leela uh, and uh his essential uh, teaching is given there he asks Arjuna to surrender unto him and to become his devotee mm-hmm. uh but the entire life if you will or leela of Krishna Uh, that that is that is a window of is what the shrimad bhagavatam is about so while we have the essential teaching in a very concise form in the gita um that teaching is further played out in the bhagavatam and the life of krishna the leela of krishna of course is uh, also described in in uh, in great detail so in in some senses it's the sequel uh uh it of course is the mature work of vyas the, the gita being another work of vyas within as it, as it appears within the context of the mahabharat in these two books the mahabharat and the bhagavatam are particularly um highlighted for the kali yuga and <clears throat> the gita is thought to be a shruti text often and it's given the name gita upanishad uh a shruti is a text that is said to be spoken directly by the lord whereas a smriti is one that's recollecting the teachings of the shruti and reiterating them mm-hmm. uh but the gita is spoken by krishna uh now you in the, in the puranas of course which are smriti texts there are many different gods mentioned in the upanishads uh, we don't have that kind of emphasis on many different gods there's an emphasis on brahman however there is also an emphasis on krishna therefore we go paltapani upanishad we have 
strong emphasis on Krishna, obviously. There's a Krishna Upanishad. There happens to be a Ram Upanishad. And in the Sringatapani, Ram Tapani, the Sringatapani, Gopal Tapani. Um, and these three, Ram, Krishna, and the Sringa, are understood to be Sadaishvarya Purna, manifestations of the Lord in which all six uh, opulences are manifest. Six opulences pertinent to uh, Parasharam, the uh, father of Vyas, he gave a definition of Bhagwan or God as one who was, uh, possessed all opulence. So then he gave the six wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge, and renunciation, measure to which people have these, they become attractive is the idea. So one who has them in full is all attractive. This ultimately applies obviously to Krishna. But Ram also manifests all six opulences and so does Narasimha. We have partial manifestation of the um, opulence of the Godhead in different avatars and so forth. So these three, Ram, Nisringa and Krishna, they are mentioned in the Upanishads. We, we, we don't find uh, any emphasis on Shiva as God there that, that I'm aware of. There Shiva, Shiva Purana and there's Agama texts and so forth about Shiva. But in the Shruti itself, uh, there's not a... Uh, uh, in, in the Upanishads, uh, the kind of mention of gods that we find in the uh, in the Puranas, some people think that all these gods are lesser manifestations of Brahman, which is the subject of the Upanishads. But my point is that we find Krishna in the Upanishads as well, and he, the fact that he's the speaker of the Gita. Um, has caused some, including the great Shankar, to consider the Gita as, as an Upanishad, Gita Upanishad. But the Bhagavatam should not be thought of in any less way, lesser way. Uh, it describes itself as Shrutisaram Ekam, the essence of the Shruti. And of course, uh, its authorship is brought out in this text and um, it's attributed to to God himself, to Krishna, in a couple of ways. We'll get to that. So it's uh, arguably a Shruti text as well. As, as it itself argues, it is the saram, the cream, or the essence of all the Shruti texts. So we should not underestimate Srimad Bhagavatam. We can argue for its importance, either from the point of of, of its being a Shruti text, or from the point of being it's, it's being a Smriti text, as um, uh, the great Jiva Goswami has, has done in the latter sense. He's argued that the, that the, the Purana is actually complete Purana and fill out the message of the, uh, of the Upanishads. They are the fifth Veda. Hmm? And uh, because they more readily and and uh, convey and make more accessible the essential message. They uh, can it can be argued that they take precedence over the shruti. So if, if either angle, uh, from in the traditional world, uh, we can argue for the importance of Srimad Bhagavatam. Here in this verse, it speaks about its own importance, and. Uh, as I like to think of it, uh, as a sequel, of, in a sense, to the to the uh, Gita, it does pick up where the Gita leaves off. The Gita ends ostensibly with the uh, very famous verse: "Sarva Dharman Pratyajamami Kam Sharanam Braja Aham Tvam Sarvapape Vyomoksha Yishami Masucha." Krishna says. What Sarvadharman Pritaja, give up all religion, all concern for Dharma, Arjun, Sarvadharman Pritaja, Mami come, Sharanam Raja, and come to me, surrender to me, Sharanam Ekam, Mam, surrender only to me. There are many gods mentioned in the Dharma Shastra, but he says, only me, surrender to me. 
And uh, the result will be that uh, you will not incur any sin, I will protect you, and so on and so forth. So, uh, it's, the Gita is, concludes with a rejection of the Dharma Marg, of the Karma Marg, of really the Varnashram, of a setting aside of the Varnashram, which is glorious in its own sense, in its own for those who are eligible for that alone, it's important, of course. Um, but the Gita is, is trying to take Arjun and all of us beyond a religious orientation to life and um, bring us into a spiritual, experiential orientation to life, uh, a, a an inquiry into Brahman and more, of course, the full or in the full sense of the term, that means an inquiry into rasa, because as Taitare Upanishad says about him, about Brahman, rasu Sa, Brahman is rasa. So, when the Gita leaves off with a rejection, a setting aside, I should say of the Dharma Marg and an advocacy of, of surrender under Krishna and taking shelter of him alone. He, he, the idea is to take up bhakti. It's not that the word sarvadharma prityaja prityaja means to um, reject, abandon. So abandoning Dharma, um, sometimes it's thought that to abandon, to give up Dharma is what Sannyas constitutes because when we move from the Dharma Marg, then we come to uh, Sannyas. Sannyas uh, means to give up, um, so to, to do nothing. The Dharma, you have many, many things to do. There are many, many duties, Dharmic duties and responsibilities and so forth, so to give them up. Uh, some people think that the concluding verse of the Gita is an advocacy of Sannyas, and Sannyas is is very much tied to the Gyanmarg. Hmm. Um, but the verse does not say that. <laughs> uh, it does not advocate uh, sannyas, but it advocates doing something, actually. Hmm. And what is that it advocates doing? It advocates doing sharanagati. Sarvadharman prityaja mamekam sharanam. So do... Uh, sharanam means sharanagati to me. And if we look at the entire body of the sacred text, we find there is something called sharanagati. Uh, surrender, it's sixfold. Anukulyasya sankalpa pratikulyasya vardhanam rakshikshatiti vishvasvo gupritve varanam tata atmanikshepakarpanye sadbhidha sharanagati. And uh, it's not an in, it's not inactive. It's a giving up of things that are unfavorable to bhakti. It's an acceptance of things that are favorable to bhakti. It's a keeping uh, thinking that, that only Krishna is my protector, only Krishna is uh, my maintainer. It's laying down one's body for the Lord, atmanikshepa, karpani, and it's uh, acts of humility. Hmm? Um, so, uh, the concluding verse of the Gita is a rejection, really, not only of, of Dharma, but of Dharma, Artha, Kama, and Moksha. And this is brought out as we come to its sequel in the very beginning of the book, Srimad Bhagavatam, where our verse tonight starts, Dharma Projita Kaitavotra. Hmm. It says what the book is about, and... Uh, it says it directly and it says it indirectly. It says what it is about indirectly by way of saying what it's not about. Hmm? Dharma projita. Just like the word pratyaja in the concluding verse of the Gita, sarva dharma pratyaja means to abandon. The word projita also means to give up, to, to abandon. Dharma projita kaitavo. Hmm? Atra herein Atra, the book is about uh, it's not about hmm, 
really. It's about a rejection of, and therefore it's not about uh, kaitava dharma. Hmm? Kaitava dharma. Um, kaitava means cheating, and so what is a cheating cheating religion? Is one where you uh, you kind of cheat yourself out of what you could have got by entering into a relationship with God, by way of negotiating with Him for the furtherment of your um, material uh, entanglement, by way of asking for things, hmm? material acquisition, and so on. Hmm. Um, it's a, a religious orientation in life that has one go up and go down, up and down, and never get out of the cycle of birth and death, never really, never really uh, enter into uh, experiential spirituality. That uh, Dharma Marg culminates in moksha, of course, in freedom, ultimately, wherein the Dharma is given up, and by its proper execution, Dharma Jignasu, one comes to Brahma Jignasu, with a purified heart, uh, through Nishkam Karma Yoga, one directly pursues liberation and, the, and become. And as that wisdom makes ingress into the heart, self wisdom, one doesn't have responsibility, dharmic responsibilities anymore. Therefore, gone. Uh, but the word projita means to abandon. And the great Sridhar Swami, who was a, an ancient commentator on the Bhagavatam, that was so much uh, venerated, who was so much venerated by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In his commentary on Bhagavatam, he makes the strong point that the word projita here means completely rejecting dharma, means also liberation, hmm? which is the ideal of the uh, Gyanmarg and what one is thought to have attained by taking sannyas, liberation. Hmm? Liberation from what? From all those dharmic <laughs> responsibilities. Uh, that are necessary um, means to very gradually purify the heart by way of regulating one's uh, desires. Um, slow process. So, uh, from the sequel here, we can understand further that the Gita is not advocating simply giving up Dharma, but but giving up dharma in the context of taking shelter of Krishna. Give up all the gods and goddesses and your preoccupation with them and me alone. Ma may come, Sharanam. Take shelter of me alone. This is what was taught, of course, in the Bhagavatam's narrative in the Govardhan Leela there. Uh, they were worshipping Indra, the Brajabhasis, and Krishna uh, taught them to forego that and just take shelter of himself. He manifested himself as Govardhan Hill and subsequently lifted the Govardhan Hill as well, and Indra was um, uh, defeated in his attempt to vanquish the inhabitants of Vrindavan for not paying tribute to him, and ultimately he came and paid tribute to Krishna, he gave him the title Govinda, the, the, the god of gods, and, and so on. So he, he's advocating this surrender that he taught in Bhagavatam, in the Gita, and and the giving up the Dharma in the context of that. So this is... Uh, 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 the Gita is not an advocacy of, of sannyas, but of bhakti and Bhagavatam as well. And, it, and as a sequel, as I'm saying, it makes it more clear what the, uh, the conclusion of the Gita is. With these words, Dharma, Projita, Kaitavotra, completely rejecting uh, Dharma and... Uh, and renunciation, both the, the karma marg and the dharma marg, the, 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 and the marg, they are not the subjects of this book. Hmm? This book is not about these things. It completely rejects them. Hmm? I've said before, this book is a good bashing to the to the um, varnashram. Well, it starts right here. Hmm? Hmm. Completely rejecting. Uh, Varnashram. It doesn't mean that Varnashram is bad. Obviously, it's, it's ordained by the Lord. Chaturvarnamayashishtam gunakamvivagasa. He says in the Gita, it's the kind of system that I have identified, that people have a psychological and physiological makeup, and that, they are, that it was born of the modes of nature, 
and there are corresponding duties that one should perform uh, as a result of being under those particular influences of nature that will gradually kind of bring one in the direction, I should say, of coming out from underneath the grip of material nature. So it's not going on with that, dealing with that slow process, that very indirect process. It's going very much to the heart uh, even of what uh, Brahman is about. It's a huge inquiry into the nature of Brahman, so much so that we almost say it's not an inquiry into Brahman. It's not a Dharma Jignasu, it's not a Brahma Jignasu, it's a Rasa Jignasu, and that will come, of course, in the third verse. Um, while we do identify Brahman as Rasa, means in the form of Sri Krishna, it's not the common understanding uh, amongst the Brahma bodies and so forth. So it's valid to say, fine, then we call it Rasa Jignasu. Hmm? Uh, it's a technical term. It's dealt with, let's say, in the next verse. So Dharma Projita Kaita Votra. It means everything this book is not about anything other than one thing. There is one teaching in this book. One, this verse is much about the path, the, the means. Uh, the, the previous verse is, in a large sense, first verse, uh, about uh, conceptual orientation, satyam param, with the supreme absolute truth. Now, how to attain the truth? The last verse will be, what is the, what is the nature of that, of that attainment? So, uh, we also cover the ground of Sambandha, Abhide, and Prayojana in these uh, three verses. So, it's, a, it's not about these methods. So, it must be, obviously, about some other method, some other uh, practice, some other path. It tells us in the beginning, it's not about these paths. We know this is a verse about the path. Hmm? And uh, so, that means yoga. That means nishkam karma yoga, ashtanga yoga, this yoga, that yoga, hmm? uh, tapasya, hmm? doing a charity, doing uh, penances, uh, 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 religious life, uh, uh, sannyas, all these. It's not about these things. Hmm? Now, we do find these subjects come up in the text, but they come up for the sake of showing, uh, of of showcasing them in contrast to bhakti, or bhakti in contrast to them, and of course this, it speaks about a very um, special idea of bhakti, prem bhakti. Hmm? Uh, there's very many many ideas out there about bhakti. We see from bhakti rasamrita sindhu, Rupa Goswami has made a huge contribution to the world as to what bhakti is, and it's all supported from Srimad Bhagavatam. So he's showing what, what the bhakti of the Bhagavatam is. Hmm. In order to do that, in Bhagavatam itself, the author, of course, as I say, does so directly and indirectly. So there may be mention of um, other paths, but that's for the sake of contrasting them to bhakti, hmm. so that it will bring out the, the beauty and the efficacy of bhakti by, by contrast. So it's an important verse, you see, because we could read the book and think it's about so many different things here. It's in advocating Varnashram and so on and so forth. But what it, you have to see that in, in context. So an important verse, and from the very start it tells us it's not about Varnashram, it's not about yoga, it's not about gyan. So what's it about? Hmm? Dharma projita, Kaitavotra, and it labels all of these other paths as kind of a cheating. It means you you get cheated out of what what you could have had in terms of what the Bhagavatam offers. You missed the central hub of all the sacred texts, the mature contribution of, of Veda Vyasa, and so you you've got the full meal is not at your. Uh, disposal. You haven't really sat down to the to the full meal, um, and uh, you may have been distracted, for that matter, by different methods. And uh, we know that the sutras of Vyasa are an attempt to show the uniformity of the message of Scripture, how it's all pointing in one direction, in a concerted effort 
to make one one uh, clear um, uh, course for us to take that will uh, afford us the, the greatest uh, possible um, sense of perfection. Well, the Bhagavatam is the natural commentary on the sutras. So here we get it even more, more. Um, I want to say more, more concisely, more. It's played out. It's it's longer, but more clearly, perhaps more more readily uh, understandable um, um, from Bhagavatam how all the sacred texts are pointing in one one direction. Of course, that is the direction of of Shuddha Bhakti and its 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 um, its ideal, the ideal of Prem Bhakti, by which Krishna is, is captured. So Dharma Projita Kaitavotra. Paramo nirmatsaranam satam. Here it speaks about the um, adhikar. Who is it for? What kind of people is it for? Dharma prajitakaitivotra paramo nirmatsaranam satam. It's for people like like Sukadev who were paramhamsas. It's for people, it starts out by telling, it's for people who are already pure. That's that's an important statement. If you embark upon a path to become purified, once you've done so, then the path is what you would think would be retired. But this is for those who have purified, already got purified hearts. <laughs> so it speaks then in this line of, as I said earlier with regard to the Gita, an active engagement in transcendence. And this, of course what bhakti rasa constitutes uh, other than shanta rasa which is the low end of bhakti and is rather inactive by comparison and unconcerned thereby with leela shanta rasa is unconcerned with leela for the most part it's concerned a little bit with the form of the lord and a beatific vision if you will uh, but with Leela, it's not really much concerned with, and it's inactive. But yeah, it's, it's a kind of uh, rasa, nonetheless. Not as, not as firmly so, I want to say, as the others, because it, one can move from it to dasya rasa or sakya rasa by association. Whereas once having attained dasya, or a stayiba for sakya, then that will not be. Uh, interrupted, that will not be changed. Hmm? So, the fact that it is for the liberated persons means this is a very extraordinary book that comes out with regard to the great example of Sukadev, Atmaramas Chamunayo Nyagranta Apivrukane Kurvanti Haitaki Bhakti Itambhutaguno Hari Itambhutaguno Hari, such is the nature of the qualities of Hari that, that Persons who were sitting still, like Sugadev, got up, caused to move. This was the kind of movement that was able to attract his attention. He who had become still to the movement, the magic movement of the world. Hmm? Hmm. That attracts the glitter, the glare that attracts people. So uh, it comes out here, I want to say, in the first line, that in speaking about who the book is ultimately for, now that may, we may think, well, I guess it's not for me. <laughs> My heart's not completely cleansed. I'm not a, not free from, uh, fully honest, free from envy in all respects. These words are used here. Paramo nirmatsaranam satam. The highest, it's been spent for the highest who are free from envy and... Uh, uh, thoroughly honest, uh, uh, but the text goes on to say hmm, to include us as well. Hmm. This is a twofold aspect of bhakti that sometimes I, I emphasized in my Gita commentary that it is post liberated in its nature. Hmm. It transcends liberation. It's something that goes on in perfection within liberation, so it's very high. Hmm? 
And at the same time, it goes very low. Therefore, it's very generous. It is for those who are the most high, but it gives itself at the same time to those who are most low. Who desire to hear the Bhagavatam as a result of association with great souls. And they desire to hear it. And something happens to them. Hmm? Similar to that which happens to great souls when they hear the Bhagavatam. Hmm? It's said here that, uh, that uh, and we'll come to that, but going to the second line, it says, Vedyam Vastavam Atravastu Shivadam Tapatrayam Mulanam it, uh, it it gives the knowledge of the ultimate vastu, ultimate uh, substance, ultimate reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, by that it means to say that there are things that appear to be real in this world that are not. Which things are those? All things. <laughs> What's real is ourselves, consciousness. Now, the world is real in that it's also a shakti of Bhagwan, hmm? the maya shakti. But the, 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 the things that come out of the maya shakti, hmm? they're here today and gone tomorrow. That since they're not real, you cannot count on them. They don't endure. Hmm? They're ultimately not real. Just like things in a dream, we tend not to think of as real, whereas we think of things in our waking condition to be real and give them more importance. If something happened to you in a dream, and it was bad, you wake up and it's no longer a concern for you. But if something happened to you in your waking state, oh, then, it's a, then it's a problem. Sometimes something very problem, troublesome happens to you in your waking state, then you go to sleep and you kind of hope it'll, it, it didn't happen. <laughs> You've all probably had that experience. You know, being out of sleep and... I'll wake up and you don't sleep that well that night. Uh, it didn't happen, but it did. And so because of its um, uh, enduring in a, in a greater sense than our experience in, in, in dream life, where we can do something extraordinary, it can only take a couple of seconds and it can seem like um, a long period of time and so forth. Um, um, because in the waking state, the thing seems to endure longer, we give it more credibility. Hmm? So the endurance of a thing lends to its uh, credibility, it's, it's the sense that it's real, and we are, of course, the enduring thing here, the observer of, in Prabhupada's word, the ever-changing material phenomena that's here today and gone tomorrow. The ground's always shifting. Things come and things go. Hmm? So, this book does not deal with those things, but it deals with a with a thing in a sense, a substance, nonetheless. Hmm? The substance, of course, is 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 eternity, knowledge, and bliss, concentrated hmm? in the form of of uh, of Sri Krishna, and uh, the, the pursuit of whom through bhakti is Sivadam. Tapatrayon mulanam. Tapatrayon mulanam. At the root, mul, the tapa, this kind of the, the difficulties of material life are uprooted. This is one of the characteristics of bhakti that it eliminates the at the core the cause of suffering. What is Rupa Goswami? How does Rupa Goswami describe that? Kleshagni. Hmm. So, on the one side, it it removes the negative influence of our the, the, our attachment to material life that causes uh, suffering. Hmm. And on the other side, Shivadam. Here it says, Shivadam. Rupa Goswami's language is Shubhada. Same idea. Auspiciousness. Hmm. Ultimately, ultimately, these two words here means it finishes material life and it gives us a spiritual life. The Bhagavatam has a twofold um, definition, uh, to, or uh, to, to give, give kind of two characteristics, I want to say, of 
in, in its definition of mukti. Mukti or hitvanyata rupam, swarupena vavastiti. On the one hand, it removes the negative influence, and secondly, it situates one positively um, in in bhakti. Hmm? So these both ideas are are found here. It deals with the ultimate substance. It gives all auspiciousness and and uproots material existence. Srimad Bhagavati Mahamuni. Hmm? So as I said earlier, it, it, the, the verse speaks about the author. Srimad Bhagavati Mahamuni Kite. Hmm? It says that it is compiled by Mahamuni Vyas. Srimad Bhagavati Mahamuni. This Mahamuni means the great, the great Rishi. It's a reference to Vyas and Vyas his name is Krishna Dvaipayana Vyas. He's considered to be the Shaktyavesha, Abhutar of Krishna. So the idea here is it's authored by Bhagavan himself. And of course, in this sense, of it being the mature contribution of Vyas, um, it's authored by Bhagavan, Bhagavan Vyas, and the text itself points out that originally this, what is now uh, Vyasa's book, came to uh, Brahma in four verses from Krishna in his Gopavesh. Dressed as a Gopa, he appeared before uh, Brahma with a Gyan Mudra giving him a blessing. Hmm? That's why when Brahma saw him later, in Krishna Leela and Krishna was sitting oh like this hmm? and having in his left hand a lump of yogurt and fruit and, and rice and eating it and putting it in the mouths of his friends and then taking taking from their mouths and putting it in his mouth this is not like someone sitting in a gyan mudra giving a blessing he looked similar he was dressed like a gopa, but he was very different. He thought, this must be an imposter. He's dressed like him, but, but, but he's acting very differently. Hmm? What to speak of not acting as if he has all knowledge and blessing to give? He's acting as if he doesn't even know the rules of, of, of civilized life. Hmm? Proper cleanliness and so on and so forth. And people are taking him to be God. So sometimes people wonder, well, Krishna appeared before him. How could he then see him later on and be bewildered? Because <laughs> it's one thing, one thing to see him with the Gyan Mudra, uh, giving the essence of Srimad Bhagavatam in four verses, another thing to see him playing with his friends hmm, in the forest, in the Brajalila. Hmm. Very different experiences. So he, he, he got a little bewildered. Muyanti Atsuraya, such is the nature of that Leela. Even the gods are bewildered by that. Hmm? So, in, anyway, in both these senses, in the sense that it's spoken by Krishna in four verses to Brahma, and, uh, and also it's authored by Krishna in the form of Krishna Dvaipayana Vyas, um, uh, it's, it's, as I said, a Shruti. Uh, it's also mentioned in the Bhagavatam as well, third is the third or the fourth canto, that the Bhagavatam is also spoken by Shankar. Or, 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 excuse me, um, san, yeah, Sankarshan means, Sankarshan means uh, a, an expansion of, of Krishna by Kuntha to the Kumaras. Hmm? Kumaras are the Bhagavatam from him. So, uh, the God, uh, that God is the author hmm? is a point that's being brought out here, which means that's a very special book. Hmm? It's a very special book. So, Srimad Bhagavate, Mahamunikrite, Kimbapare Rishvara. It's authored by God and it's about God, the Ishwar. And, Sadhyo Hridde Avarudya Tetra, Kirtibi Those who hear it, like those Paramahamsas mentioned in the first line, they completely capture Krishna in their heart. This is then speaking about another 
characteristic of bhakti. What is that characteristic? Krishna Akarshani. Hmm? That it has the power, Prem Bhakti, to, a, to attract Krishna, to capture Krishna, to overwhelm Krishna. Indeed, Krishna is the supreme substance, the absolute truth, conquered by, by Prem. Hmm? And therefore, taking a shape that represents being conquered. Hmm? That is what what is mean by Vatsalya. He becomes subordinate. That's what it means by Sakya. Hmm? He's become the equal. The means by Madhurja. He's completely tied up. Hmm? This is what these rasas mean. And Krishna's corresponding with them. Hmm? The form, that, the object of love that corresponds with that love. Hmm? So this book is about that object of love and the love that corresponds with him, that is Prem Bhakti. Hmm? It is about Prem Bhakti. And because it is about Prem Bhakti, and because it is about uh, Krishna, it's a very attractive book, such that even if you have, Vishnu Chakrata Thakur makes this point, even if you have no faith, faith has not been awakened in you through Guru Parampara, you might hear it and become attracted to the pastimes of Krishna. They're beautiful stories. Hmm? Stories, for example, in which a person is talked about named Krishna. Hmm? And the way he is talked about is very extraordinary. For example, hmm? it, it, it portrays him as being, well, in the Vedic context, he's very attractive because all women become attracted to him. In the, in the Vedic world, uh, chastity is a very um, central and important quality of a woman. We, people don't think like that in the same way now, but in that culture, this was a very... Um, uh, desirable uh, quality. Hmm? So when the scriptures say, sometimes that, as they do, they describe this Krishna as being, every, every woman was attracted to him. Hmm? It's, it's saying it, it, that this, this, they could not, uh, they could not remain chaste hmm? uh, as they should be from a dharmic point of view in the presence of Krishna. It's talking about how powerful. Hmm? So you think this is a very, very beautiful person. Just as, just as the sight of him, they can't maintain their chastity, which is so important in the Vedic society. It's, it was such a central uh, feature. And all women, they just lose it. Hmm? So it's, it wants to give a contrast how attractive he is, but not only is he attractive to, to to humans. Of course, men are attracted too. The cowards are described as being such that when he went behind a tree, they would they would sometimes pass out for missing his, not seeing him for a moment. Mm -hmm. We find the gopis cursing the creator who because he created eyes that blink, and they could not see him for a moment. But also, it's said that. Animals are attracted to him. Birds are attracted to him. The trees are attracted to him. It's very extraordinary. Think about it. How many trees are attracted to people? And they go, oh, who's that? And they, and they bend over and offer respect, offer their fruits, since these things are described in the Bhagavatam. When he left the, 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 the Rasa dance, and the gopis followed his footprints. They came in there. They saw the trees were bent down. They thought, oh, he must have passed through here. They, before they found his footprints, they found the trees. He must have passed. Here these trees are bowing down. They were offering their fruits. Huh? You think, well, that's just how they're thinking. How they're thinking, that's very important. <laughs> if you could think like that, if you could feel like that, huh? then you'd see like that. The trees are bowing down. They're offering their fruits. The earth, they thought, was uh, swelled up in ecstasy for having his footprints on 
on her wherever he went and so forth. They were the earth was a better devotee than themselves. Hmm? He left them, but he stayed on the earth wherever he walked. His footprints were so on and so forth. So it's an extraordinary uh, description of this person. Hmm? And if you don't catch all the philosophical and theological points and so forth, you still might. Uh, there's great potential to become attracted. Who is this charming person? Hmm? Especially, you know, this was a book written a long time ago when there weren't all kinds of um, movie stars and um, and uh, internet to find out about anything and everyone and so forth. So this was some news. You know, there were books about different people in the world and so forth, great heroes and whatnot, but no one compared to to Krishna. And still no one today compares to Krishna either, but it's hard to give him equal time as Kali Yuga goes on. So many people are stealing the microphone and, 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 and attracting people for for a few moments only. So at any rate, the point that, one of the points that Vishwan Chakrati Thakur makes is that even without faith, people become attracted to this. And of course, they're, they become interested because other people are interested, devotees, they're attracted, and so it's their attraction is compelling. They may pick up the book, and and so Krishna also enters their heart. It says here that those who are paramo niramat saranam satam, these people they arrest Krishna in their heart, but he also enters the heart of anyone who even desires to read the book. This is the further implication of the verse, even desiring to study the book about him. He enters their heart. It takes a little longer, that's all, hmm? for for him to fully captivate them and thus be arrested there uh, forever. Jiva Goswami makes the point that for those who come to bhakti from out of knowledge, for example, or out of seeking hmm, rather than out of material distress or uh, in want of of, of something, that uh, their hearts are more readily uh, or more, more more cleansed, and so the Bhagavatam will go in and and and, and take root uh, more, more more effectively. So first it, it comes in, as it said about itself. Really, the subject is Krishna's devotees, and that reaches its apex. In the Rasa Lila, and there in the Rasa Lila, it said what uh, that um, that bhakti uh, uh, enters the heart and takes away the lust. It's uh, describing the beautiful uh, interaction between Krishna and and the gopis. Um, Sugadev is answering Prichard Maharaj's doubts. Uh, famous verse of Bhagavatam. Bhajabadu idam chavishnu. Bhajabadu, I forget the first part. Vajravadu, about the uh, Vikriditam, Vajravadu, the 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 the, 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 the fun, the pastime of the Vajravadu, the, the of the of the of the uh, the wives of of Braj, Vikriditam, Vajravadu, Idam, Chavishnu, Shradhanbitanu, Shanayadatamarnayadya. Bhakti param padilabdikamam hridrogam ashvapahinotya tirena dira. Hridrogam, the disease of the heart, which is lust and attachment and so forth. So the, this, who hears these stories, hmm? bhakti goes in their heart, gets rid of their disease. Hmm? And then the, 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 the fullness of bhakti is, uh, is manifest. So, it's not only for the Paramahamsas, but it's for those who get attracted to the Paramahamsas. Hmm? And thus come to hear Bhagavatam, hmm? and thereby become attracted to Krishna. Hmm? So the subject matter is very extraordinary. Hmm? 
because it has the it means that hearing the Bhagavatam gives great pleasure to Krishna. Those who relish, who, who, who study Srimad Bhagavatam, this is people want to talk about doing service. This is a service. Study Srimad Bhagavatam. <laughs> is what it's saying. It gives great pleasure to Krishna. Because why? Who studies Srimad Bhagavatam, who hears this, captures Krishna. Hmm? So then we, we, we think a little further, you know, what is it about? Yes, it's about Prem Bhakti. Hmm? This is attractive to Krishna. Ultimately, it's about Radha's Bhakti, Radha's Prem hmm? for Krishna. And hearing about that, you've got Krishna's attention. Hmm? Prabhupada, of course, invoked that. Hmm? Krishna's uh, Radha's Prem for Krishna uh, in his prayer coming across the ocean in order to get power to do his service to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakura. Hmm? So this is this is a, in other words, uh, this book is the subject of this book is something that that uh, very much attracts the attention of Krishna. So his attention will come to you hmm? uh, if you hear it, and exclusively it's about this, hmm? not about anything else about Prem Bhakti, the Prem Bhakti of Braja, even though it showcases the the the, 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 the Prem of Dwarka and Mathura, so it's really only about hmm, Braja Bhakti. So we'll make the point. It's it's really only about that Madhurasa. Hmm? Of course, Madhurasa can't, can't take place without the other Rasas. So it's about all four of them in Braja. Nasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, and Madhurya. But Madhurya is like the hero and the heroine, and then they're all the supporting roles. Hmm. Um, and this, of course, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came uh, to give to the world. So here we find, again, what the book is about. It's about Prem Bhakti. It's not about anything else. Hmm. It's the only book about this. No other book, even Nard Bhakti Sutras and so forth, is, is about Bhakti in the same sense, in the fullest sense, as Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm. It's a very unique text. And we know that from Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. That's all based on the Bhagavad He's bringing that out there. What is the Shuddha Bhakti? In all its varieties and nuances and so on and so forth. So this is, this is, this is exclusive to this book. Also exclusive to this book is the ultimate substance. The ultimate substance means Krishna in the Braj. This is, it means Rasaraj, the perfect object of love. This is uh, alone what it's about. So it's talking about certain things that this book has, that no other book has, the unique characteristics of it. Are there any questions? What time is it? Eight o'clock. Any question? Yes. A couple of questions. One of the smallest questions, the short question. You said that um, from Shantaras, one can, the possibility one can go to the other person. But because it's not stay. There is a stay above, but it's not as powerful. No. So, how does one, if one is in Chandra, so say he gets to Dasha, can he still move from there or is he stuck there? If he gets the association of a Dasya Bhakti, then he'll get Dasya Bhakti. If he gets the association of a Sakya, so he could go to either one, but not yeah. moving up. By association. Because you th- now you think of the implication of that, you see, as I said, Shantarasa is not concerned with Leela. So what's the implication? Dasyarasa is concerned with Leela. So if you enter into Dasyarasa, you have a place in Leela in Dasyarasa. What are you going to all of a sudden change from a, from a servant of Krishna into a gopi? In the Leela? How did that happen? In the context of Leela, hmm? Rock talk doesn't decide to become, you know, 
a, a, a gopi. Hmm? You understand? But in Shantaras, there's, 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 there's neutra- neutrality. You're unnoticed. <laughs> You're not interested in Leela, and Leela doesn't take much notice of you either. In, in, in a sense. Yeah, it's like people sitting in Vaikuntha meditating. And there's said to be Shantaras in, in, in the Brajlila also. Krishna's the Rasaraj. But it's very much marginalized. Mahaprabhu came to give the four rasas. Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, Madhurya. It's called a cheating religion. I think that um, the Prabhupada's interest in the Varnashram comes from Bhakti Vinod Thakur's uh, order to Bhakti Siddhanta that there was a, 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 a Asura Varnashram. Hmm? Asura Varnashram. Yeah, where people have their particular propensities. Hmm? That's a given. But they're not engaging them in a God-centered way. And also, so that could be the whole Western world, for example. And also that uh, a, an Asura Varnashram is one where the Brahmins are unqualified. Well, that's all over India. That's the characteristic of Kali Yuga. That's, centri- that's another emphasis in Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam got, got spoken because Raj Parikshit got uh, mistreated, actually, by a Brahmin. Hmm? And so it says that this, if the Brahmin uh, sector is corrupted, the whole Varnashram is corrupted. So it's saying that this is all corrupt for Kali Yuga. So that's the problem. But, but so he, 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 in the context of um, their circumstance and so forth, uh, Smartas were uh, had, claiming to have a monopoly on religion uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. He wanted to, uh, to preach in such a way as to write that and say, for example, that, well, not by birth alone does one become a Brahmin. Hmm? One has to have the characteristics, the qualities, and the, and, the, uh, and the activities of a Brahmin to be a Brahmin. These guys that don't have that, that's the corruption of the, of the Brahminical society and the corruption of Varnashram. So he wanted them to preach on that level to the religious people. And in another sense, he advocated a dive of Varnashram in that he knew that devotees that were entering into the Bhakti Marg were not Paramhamsas. They still were under the influence of the modes of nature. And so he wanted to see that they would, there would be some system to engage them according to their temperaments and so forth, rather than just telling them, okay, now you're on the Paramhamsa Marg, uh, forget the uh, Dharma, go sit in the forest and chant Hare Krishna. And people couldn't, 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 couldn't do like that. So to create a mission, to organize people and consider their psychophysiological makeup and engage them in bhakti accordingly. That was some kind of a divine Varnashram idea. And he asked Bhakti Siddhanta to try to give shape to that. 
Hmm? But that's not what that's not the whole Varnashram system. Prabhupada talked about it and and uh it's it was an idea of Bhakti Vinod that Bhakti Siddhartha tried to give some shape to and um and Prabhupada was trying to explore that and uh pursue that. Hmm? And I think that he also thought that the whole world would be better off if it was had a Varnashram uh, system, and he had a big idea to conquer the whole world, and, and so, uh, but that's not going to happen like that. So, uh, so anyway, so some of his disciples, I don't think they understand these things that clearly. They don't understand the difference between bhakti and varnashram. They, they, in the arguments, from what I've heard from from others, uh, the, the arguments you're talking about, they want to say that if it's about can a lady be a guru? Hmm? That if a lady is not a fully, fully liberated soul, then, um, then she comes under the varnashram hmm? consideration. Um, well, so do men if they're not fully liberated by the same same argument, and um, in, I mean, there's many ways you can talk about it. And that argument then. Uh, is that the gurus are the sannyasis who have, who have transcended the varnashram? Even in the varnashram system, the gurus are sannyasis. So, if, and if they're sannyasis and they haven't really transcended, then what what are they doing? What, what, why are they sannyasis? And so, so it's a whole. Uh, you want to incorporate in the varnashram, in 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 a strict sense, into bhakti. You can't do that because bhakti is a different path altogether. And it transcends the Varnashram. We may take into consideration, in a general sense, the conditioning of the jivas who are involved, and in a Varnashram-esque sense, try to engage them in, in ways that that correspond with their psychology and so forth. But you can't bring these two paths uh, uh, to, to, together entirely. Um, and and uh, you know, with 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 regard to um, women being gurus, there are many examples already in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So many of them so to say that a man they they say a man can be unliberated and be a guru, but a woman cannot be guru unless she's liberated. Hmm? Because well, they say because a woman, according to Varnashram, is dependent hmm? in order to be protected. But in the Varnashram society, a woman would be protected um, by elders and so on and so forth. Um, but in this society, the greatest protection for a woman is knowledge. Mm. They can have knowledge to get out of from underneath some man <laughs> who's abusing them, <laughs> for example. So, so women weren't educated in, in the, the Vedic times. Now education is available for women. And uh, that can be a great source of protection. Anyway, uh, they need to be protected from men like that, who, who are advocating that this this kind of thing. You know, and we all do, for that matter. Um, so you know, I I saw one article that someone had written that somebody sent me that it, it said that women cannot be the gurus. Ultimately, hmm? he said that well, you know that. They, because they can't, give, they don't have the sacred thread, and they can't give the second thread. Without giving the sacred thread, you can't. How can you be initiated? Well, the history of Gaudiya Vaishnava has been to take off the sacred thread at the time of Vaishnava initiation, up to the up till the time of Bhakti Siddhanta. So, I mean, what what does the person know about Vaishnava Gaudiya history? And uh, I mean, these are very confused ideas, very very confused ideas. Hmm? And they openly admit that in their group they don't have liberated gurus, and um, but it's but but it's okay for unliberated men to be gurus, but not for unliberated women to be gurus because unliberated women will be have to be protected by somebody, and if they're protected by somebody, then they'll be in beholden to somebody, and the guru can't be beholden to anybody; he has to be independent. Uh, so you're telling me that all the men who are conditioned souls are not biased, not attached, not beholding to anyone or anything. That makes absolutely no sense. Of course they are. 
That's what the whole idea of material conditioning is. Hmm? Do you understand? <laughs> just, just, just. These are very, very, very confused ideas. And of course, they invoke Prabhupada here and there and, 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 and so forth. I, I was thinking that even though he may have said that, that, that he did say those statements about Ramana, but he acted completely different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, can, they can't hold him down to it because he acted totally different. He really didn't. And they pick and choose. They want to quote Manasamita. Then follow the whole thing. Don't just pick what you want to choose because you're a misogynist. You pick out something that, uh, you know, that... Yeah, one, fe- one fellow I wrote here, he was like, we're going to quote this monument, and we're all, everybody, totally disqualified. We're left in the goal. <laughs> we have no standing. If you take this up, you have to be born in the ground. So, man, there's no rules. There's no, nobody from the West could do anything. Or if you want to make a comment? Well, I just think that they want to do everything by jockey, by birth. I mean, she, she, she can't be guru because of this particular birth. But because of our birth, we can take Vaishnava Diksha, but we're um, disqualified from performing, even Bhaktivinoda Thakur says in Jadvatarma, that we're disqualified from, from um, performing the duties of a Brahman, like marrying the Brahman's uh, daughter, mm-hmm. performing Jagdhis. Yeah. Very, very confused people. They are just bigots. That's really all it is. This is a huge um, camouflage for for bigotry and misogyny. That that's all this. Bhagavatam is not about that. Indeed, 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 the Bhagavatam is advocating women are the gopis are the best gurus. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole departure. That's another whole huge departure from the Varnashram. It's emphasis on the gopis' position and so forth. It's, it, over and over again, it's, it's stepping on the head of Varnashram saying, we go from here. By Sadhu Sangha, our position changes. By Sadhu Sangha, we can inquire into rasa. We don't have to inquire into Dharma and, and go through all that, such as the power of Sadhu Sangha. That's the message of Srimad Bhagavatam. At the same time, we offer our respect to Varnashram, but it's, it's, it's another thing from what they're talking about. They're not talking about They only think they're talking about Varnashram. All right, we'll stop there. Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam. Okay,